Hello, I'm Aidan Gallagher. I'm Peter Reeves. Welcome to API, our integration podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to set the world to rights on various topics in the world of enterprise integration, and it scratches our collective itches as engineers who just want to uh, rant about enterprise IT over a cup of coffee. Or tea. Hello. Hello. So we have a guest today, Mr. Dave Hay, joining Peter and I for uh, today's talk on Agile. Hello there. Where did we get Dave from? Where did we find him? Well, we found Dave from work. <laughs> yeah. So we all used to work in the same team, and then uh, and then Dave decided he was too good for us and left. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> okay. Um, we're talking about Agile today. We were going to do a very a very light overview. We're not going to go super deep because, well, it's quite a, it's quite a big topic. Um, I don't know whether you two have had this, but I know that uh, I've just been doing a lot of mandatory Agile training, and I still think I haven't completed it. I did the Agile training a couple of years ago, Peter. So I did the Agile training fairly recently, but I've been part of an organisation since I moved jobs beginning of this year, where we're actually engaged in delivering software using an Agile, well, effectively following the Agile manifesto to some degree. Yeah, so so we're there's 12 high-level principles, isn't there? One of them is to get actual code out of the door as quick as possible, and normally for a continuous delivery. So I'm going to do a minimum viable product, and then I'm going to slowly build on that until I get something more substantial. Yeah. So that's a key thing for us, and it's also being able to do course corrections on the way. My sort of simple brain analogy has always been that with a waterfall project, which I had more experience with, you set your intention to go to a particular point in, in on the map. You know, I'm going to be, take two years to get to Australia. Two years on, I haven't quite made it off the English, uh, you know, across the English Channel, following Agile route. My goal is to get to the English Channel, then to get across the English Channel to France, then get through France into Germany and so on and so forth. So I'm looking at breaking the journey down into milestones yeah. and being able to course correct on the way. So if I decide I want to go east rather than the west, better to make that decision early. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way of thinking about it. Is is MVP actually, or the, or the concept of MVP and bite-sized chunks and iterative agile? Yeah, so in the Agile Manifesto, it says... Our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through early and continuous delivery of valuable software. Yeah, and that, that's been our experience. We are focusing on delivering something in iterations, but we're also setting, not arbitrary, but we're setting fairly tight, short deadlines to deliver something that has value to the customer and then grow from it, iterate from it. So do you want to tell us what the Agile Manifesto is, Dave? So that's a good point. The, the manifesto was written several years ago, now really several decades ago now, and it's a pretty short document if you read the TLDR of it. Um, it's on uh, agilemanifesto.org, and it, it's about, what, 10 sentences? And it focuses on, so the high level is, we're uncovering better ways of developing software by doing it and helping others do it. So there's a group of guys gathered in a, in a hut, in a cabin somewhere, and wrote this manifesto of principles. I disagree with some of them. So there's one about documentation I wholeheartedly disagree with. Um, but it, it's, it's a general uh, state of play, isn't it? It's, these, are some good, these are some good practices we think work to help projects thrive. And you're right. Although I would dispute, and you know, again, this is this is the way I see it. They don't say that 
software is good, documentation bad. So I've heard people say, wrongly in my view, that agile means no more documentation. It does not mean that. If you're delivering software without documentation, you're delivering software that ain't gonna work, can't be supported, isn't gonna be tenable going forward. So documentation is good, but documentation is not the be all and end all. If you've got copious amounts of documentation and no working software, then potentially you've failed. So the items on the left are crucial to know that you've actually achieved what you set out to achieve, whereas the items on the right are some of the ways that you achieve the things on the left, if that makes sense. So in the Agile Manifesto itself, it's split into two sides. You've got the left-hand side, which is in bigger letters, and on the right-hand side, which are uh, smaller letters, um, and the left-hand side are valued more. So in this example, it's working software over comprehensive documentation. I think the documentation one is, that's that's almost like the biggest QI-type klaxon. Uh, I know that, for example, at the at the customer where I'm working with, they have it they have it on their wall. Be aware, agile does not mean no documentation because it seems such a common misconception. And I'm, and I'm sure that I've seen it at multiple customer sites. Agile does not mean no documentation. Um, the other QI buzzer, I think the word methodology. Is agile not a methodology? I feel as though saying that agile is a methodology is uh, is a good way to uh, spark a good discussion about what is the difference between these principles and then how do we use them to kind of implement various different processes like stand-ups or scrum or kanban boards or, or task tracking in that kind of way and i think I, I agree with you peter to a point if you focus on the process more than you focus on the output or the outcomes potentially you're holding it wrong you can't say well we did agile and we didn't deliver anything. We didn't make any money. We went bankrupt. You can't then blame Agile for your inability to follow the practices, the principles, the guidelines. Not everything is going to work for every team. But again, it's all about that constant evaluation. Where are we going? Where are we now? How do we know when we've got there? Can we course correct? Can we change? I think... Dave summarised very nicely the, uh, the the actual kind of manifesto blurb, the uh, people and processes over X Y Z, and I think we've covered we've, we've covered a few of the bullet points of the twelve principles. The 12 principles. Yeah. I I think what would help for people who have who might not have seen Agile or done Agile, um, what does a typical day in an Agile project look like? Because it dif- it differs. I find for each organisation, I've sort of seen it working in so so one of the key things is that you should keep teams as small as possible and there are daily sprints daily uh, stand-ups he's meant not daily sprints sorry yeah you, you iterate incredibly quickly <laughs> look we fail fast really really fast so daily stand-up um 10 15 minutes everybody gets a couple of minutes to say what they're doing that day what they did the day before and what they need help on and the idea is that everybody touches base every day and whenever there's a particular task that may cause a problem for the project as a whole, the team can attack it collectively. And then for the rest of the day, is the, is, the, is the person or the developer or whoever the consultant is, are they given free reign to work on what they think needs to be done? Are they given the autonomy? Or are there any other bits and pieces that you would want to call out? So in the past, I've seen that everybody's just gone off and done their own thing and they've been able to grab whoever they need who may not have a lot to do on that day so they might have said I'm available somebody might have said in the stand-up I'm available to help out with that issue that that person said they were having 
and then later in the day they'll take that offline and there's the concept of the sprint so you group your tasks into a two-week sprint and you only put into that sprint what you expect to complete in that two week time scale. It doesn't have to be two weeks, two weeks is just what I've typically seen. And then the idea is, is that you slowly finish off these small tasks throughout the sprint until the sprint is completed. I think a lot of the things that you discussed there are, yeah, absolutely ways of working that I would expect to be followed in a kind of agile environment. Agile doesn't prescribe you will have a sprint, you will have a backlog which is managed, blah 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 blah. Those are kind of uh, things that have been derived or drawn from the Agile agile principles via yeah. whatever you want to call it, Scrum or managing work in progress. And you obviously have different you have different types of Agiles as well, don't you? Have to yeah. Say there's safe Agile, there is uh, the concept of a Kanban board. The main way I've sort of seen it described is where is it? Is it Agile is about kind of making a culture that allows sort of like the people in your team to kind of innovate and find what works. And there's there are these common sort of practices that you kind of see everywhere: the Kanban boards, sprints, backlogs, blah blah blah. And that's because they work. But it's it's the team that gets to choose to implement that. And it can be altered and and yeah, they're not they're not totally fixed to one kind of draconian way of working. There's no one there's no one particularly saying prescribing you will do X Y Z. Yeah, and that'd be interesting to know your views, Dave. So what, what have you experienced? Now, now that you're working in a, a software lab. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do that. Let me, let me give you one illustration before I do, though. I worked with a client several years back who said that they practised an agile methodology, an agile approach. So they had a Kanban board. They used the Kanban board to provide a visual representation of what was being done in any given period of time, two weeks, as Aidan says, typically was the size of their sprint. So anybody in the squad, in the team, in the org, could look at the Kanban and see where are we, what's on the backlog, what's being worked, what's in review, what's technical debt, what are the bugs, what are the new issues. So it's a way of classifying the work running through the system. Kanban typically being software where you organise your tasks. So on the left you have something like a backlog, in the middle you have in progress, and on the right you have complete. Uh, so that's a Kanban board. Sorry, Dave, what you were saying? They had a Kanban board. They had several Kanban boards, one per small team. And the team sizes were relatively small, maybe 10 to 15 individuals. What they didn't do was any kind of stand-up or scrum. But their dealer meetings were sitting around a table for up to an hour and a half where every single one of the team would get a chance to say, this is what I was doing, this is what I am doing, this is what I plan to do, these are my blockers. Each team member could speak for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, 15 people, long meeting. Sitting down, tea and donuts, doing an hour and a half meeting every single day is not very effective, not very efficient. So team size is one of the variables. So when I joined this team, they were practicing Agile. They said, we're an Agile team. We work in an Agile way. We need you to have an understanding of the Agile manifesto. We need you to go through and get some education in Agile. But more importantly, we need you to start to deliver in an Agile fashion. So my first bit of feedback was, we're doing our daily stand-up, but we're sitting down. So it's not a stand-up. We should stand up. Okay, then, good point. Let's stand up. The reason we do it is to encourage people to be brief. So guess what? our stand-up or our scrum, whichever you want to call it, normally last between 10-15 minutes. We also recognise that most of the team are co-located, which again is a key point. You can't, or rather, it's difficult to do agile 
with a very geographically dispersed team. Did you have one guy who was remote or you didn't have something like that, did you? No, what we have, and all of us, myself included, have situations where you can't be in the office. So twice a week, we do Agile via WebEx. We, we sit around or whatever, WebEx in, but we look at the board. The Kanban becomes the point of interaction. The person running the Scrum or stand-up is typically the squad lead and they use the board to keep us focused. Again, what are you doing? What have you done? What are you doing next? What are your blockers? So key point, do you have a blocker? If so, bring it up now. Use the Kanban to track progress through in terms of what the work is coming in from the left and going out on the right. The other thing that we talk about briefly is that when you're putting stories together to go on the board for a particular sprint, and you know that you've got a number of engineers available, so you've got, you know what your resource pool looks like, you know what the availability of your resource pool is, you know what the work is. What you have to do, what we do do on a weekly basis is make sure that all of our stories, all of our work is sized. So we review every story that comes onto the board, that comes in as new work. We make sure that we've reviewed as a team. See, I've seen this and I've, in the customers I've been, or some of the, some of the customers I've been in, um, their sprint planning can take a lot. Ages. A lot of the sprint to the detriment of the physical actual work. I've seen to the point where it kind of turns people off doing the whole sprint planning because it just means it's like you feel like you're losing, oh, I'm losing an hour of my day, like three days a week. Like what's even the point? Some of the architects, for example, will be on multiple different projects at the same time and that's just a reality of of how architect time is, is split across multiple projects. If they sit on maybe even just three different sprints, they're ending up in, in three hours of calls. It, again, it's a, and I, I can't obviously speak for every situation. I can speak from my own experience in the last nine months or so. It's all about, you, you can't deliver the work if you haven't planned the work. If you, if you've, again, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, as, as has been said many years back. So planning is an important activity. But again, like anything, you can overthink, you can overplan. So what we plan, we have we have regular sizing meetings. Typically, and it doesn't always, it's not always the case, but typically we spend no more than one to two hours sizing per week. So over a course of a two-week sprint, that's two to four hours of sizing per sprint. Plus your plus your retrospective, plus your stand-up. Well, no, again, it's. Uh, yeah, th these are broken down, and it's a good point, but these are broken down. So the thing we do daily is the scrum stroke stand-up. We meet regularly. We talk all the time. So, again, I made the point about co-location. Co-location is crucial. What do we mean by co-location? Good point. So, in this context, co-location means all the team, or in our case, the squad, in the same site for most of the time. As I said, we have to be flexible, recognise people can't all be in all the time. So, I thought Agile was actually more... Everyone should be treated the same. So, oh, are you going to talk about? Are you going to talk about remote workers? Yeah, Aiden? that's what I'm going to talk about. Oh, okay. If you have remote workers, then the team collectively should all be treated as if they are remote. So, we used to have a member of the team, a very important member of the team, um, who was located uh, in the very, very deep north of the UK, um, and the rest of us were located in the in the south. But they're an integral part of the team. So, if they were part of the they were part of the team, so they had to be accommodated. Um, and that part, partially that was, that was skills, that was the ability to do the job that they did within our team. Um, but everyone should be treated in the agile sense, everybody should be then be treated 
as a remote worker. So everything should be lent around the remote worker or in actual fact, it should be that a, everyone should be treated as if they are doing the same thing. So either you're co-located or you're treating everybody like remote, even if half the team is, is in the same place. And, and that's fine. And again, and as I said earlier, I don't think that there's necessarily a right or wrong. There are approaches, there are things that work and things that may work less well. So the key thing, and again, this is my observation, this is not me, pra- not me preaching, this is me practicing, is the benefits of having a team that are co-located in the same space for all or most of the time, in my view, outweigh the benefits of having a team that's completely dispersed. But recognising there's a balance between the two. There's no, it's not A or B, it's, it's a merge of the two. We have to make sure that the channels, and we do make sure the channels of communication are open and support both remote workers and office workers. The other key point, we use Slack as a way of making sure that everybody can see everything that's going on. All we ask is that their status is updated through Slack so we know what each other's doing so we don't end up with duplication. Peter and I were on the same client yesterday and uh, Peter took it it one step further and and was communicating with me via Slack when it was just the two of us sat together. Uh, You've gone too native, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) I wondered if you were gonna bring this up. Apart from mocking me to be a bit for being a bit awkward, it's because I, I like having a, a nice searchable record of, of discussions and, and, of, and of things that we've worked on. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's using the collaboration platform and the tools that are there. That's absolutely fine because you're working to one of my personal principles, which is if you don't write it down, it never happened. And I nicked that from a book, but that is very much one of my messiers. Everything you do, everything we do, gets documented, even if it's informal documentation, even though we talk about individuals and interactions over processes and tools, part of the benefit of the processes and more importantly the tools is it improves the individual interaction. You've got that visibility of what's going on, who's doing what, who may need help, whether or not you're sitting face to face or whether you're not sitting at the other end of the country. I've got to bring in the subject of waterfall. Why, why is Agile different and what are the benefits of, of Agile so and waterfall? It's a good question. My, my understanding and you know, my experience of waterfall is it's a, a more classic form of project management. It's focused on a set of activities that are required to deliver a particular objective, so there are parallels. However, typically waterfall is focused on the destination rather than the journey. How I get there is almost irrelevant, which is an approach, but it's not necessarily the right approach because it doesn't allow, as I said before, for any kind of course correction. I think what I'd add to that, and the, 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 the distinction between the two, in my view at least, is that the challenge with waterfall is it could take you a long time to know whether you're going to succeed or fail. So you joked earlier about failing fast, and people, t- people use that as the stick to beat agile and to beat the IT industry. Oh, you're all about failing fast. No, the key thing is if, you, if you're going to fail, fail before you've spent lots of time and money and burned lots of people out and wasted resource, would you rather spend five years to not achieve anything? Or, yeah, five weeks trying to see how much progress you can make. Yeah. Um, yeah, the point of failing fast, that it does identify what is working and what isn't. Um, what would you say about waterfall and agile and their abilities tolerances 
to change because I've often found that I say waterfall projects. I feel in my head when I'm saying waterfall project, I'm saying uh, the sort of um, services engagements and projects that I'd usually be staffed on. I found that change is a lot more difficult to implement and get factored into a project plan. I think we ought to talk about um, our experiences of Agile based on the fact that, Dave, you're now embedded in a, a, well, a super long term. Well, it's, it's, your, it's, your, it's, your, it's your role that you're always going to be well, for the near future in this in this development team. Whereas myself and Aidan, we might be dropped into an existing team only be there for uh, I don't know four weeks with a very fixed scope uh, and set of tasks, and then we're going to disappear. Agile is very uh, malleable, isn't it? You can you can say actually, this new requirements come up, we're going to have to change track. And actually, I found I, my experience has been that agile projects or projects that use agile um, to to work. They are very they are able to make that change fairly quickly and actually you can start planning for that change ahead of a new sprint and then within two weeks you're you've not only have you started to plan for that that alteration in course but actually you're, you're physically planning tasks for that alteration so in two two weeks after you've thought of a, something that needs to change you've, you're already making that change experience drives us so we are we are creatures of experience we're molded by experience. So I think if we've had good experience of waterfall, then we don't necessarily see the downsides as much. If we've had bad experiences, then we see the downsides in part. And again, it's a reflection of the role that you as consultants play, and that I used to play as a consultant, now as a developer, in that very often you're joining an existing organisation, you don't have the time to get into the culture. And again, Agile is partly about culture. You don't get, have time to get a, a used to the culture before you're off to the next project and the next project and the next project. And I've seen that throughout my services career, throughout my professional career in services. It's all about flexibility. We can cater for and cope with change because we're running two-week sprints, because we are planning the work that we do, because we're estimating based upon experience and using planning poker as a way of doing the estimating for our stories. So it's partly experiential, and partly cultural and partly about, as I said, the flexibility. But again, the key thing, one of the many key things for me is communication. I think what I was trying to get on was uh, uh, that the in, in, in the kind of uh, project, uh, fast project-based, engagement-based work that myself and Aidan are doing, um, we, may not, we may not be able to be as tolerant to change as we would like to be if... If if I, if we were plonked onto a if we were plonked into a project and told you'll deliver X Y Z and then two days in, actually we were told oh well now we think we need to do A B C. I wouldn't. I'm not sure I'd know how to how to behave at that point because I'd I'd think well I kn I know that I'm on the hook, I'm on the hook from my manager to deliver X Y Z. I I don't want to suddenly I don't know. Shift do and, and move on to my involvement else, in yeah. the project. In the project, do I do do I want to just abandon something that's already been penciled in? I don't know, but neither do I want to be kind of the person that's like, as I'm cramping the style of this existing team and saying, "Oh no, no, I'm I've come in and I know I know how we should work and we shouldn't do this." It is. I was going to say it's 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 a different and difficult 
um, scenario because, as you say, you are you're brought into a particular piece of work. Having been there and done that from your experience, I understand the the challenge. I think it's about when you get the opportunity to work as part of an agile team when you're on a slightly longer duration project. If you can see agile being done quotes properly then I think you'll start to see more of the benefits. If you have a team that says, we do Agile because it says we do Agile on the board or on the poster on the wall, that's not necessarily the same thing. That, that's also why I think it's quite nice to review these sort of Agile principles because I can think of, I think every every project nowadays says, oh yeah, we're Agile or we're, we're, we're a form of Agile. Which and, I, and, and as soon as I hear someone describe something as a form of Agile, I think, no, no, it means, I know that's your get out for saying, oh, well, really, we're waterfall and we've, we've, we've planned out a huge, great scope ahead of time. And we're not going to be, we're not going to do any of this. We're not going to let you do anything innovative. We're not going to be tolerant of change. You can't work the way you want to work. However, we've just said we're agile because we like having a Kanban board and we like having some pens to draw stuff on the walls. Go on, give it in a sentence. How would you describe a, a positive and a negative of agile? What, why would you do agile? In, in one sentence it's like a lot of things you get out what you put in so saying you do agile doesn't mean you genuinely do agile the proof of the pudding is in the eating if you if you allow a good if you allow a good culture of innovation i think that's half the battle and you'll get to where your team needs to be anyway no matter what you call it it's, um teams working together being able and willing to make changes and that allows them to complete projects well. And unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. I'd like to say thank you to Dave for joining us today on our thank podcast. Thank you for inviting me, chaps. Yeah, thank you, Dave. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on API Podcast.